Tonight we're going to talk about and explore another truth from God's word that reminds us why it is that we want to stand out rather than fit in. God reminds us tonight that each one of us, that we are chosen, you are chosen by God for a very special purpose. So I'm going to take you back to your grade school days. Maybe you remember those times when, I don't know if it was PE class or maybe just recess and you were organizing some sort of competition and maybe captains were drawn, right? And then the old picks started happening, right? Who was going to be on the team? Who was going to get picked when? And, and I'm not going to ask you to tell me or tell the people that you're sitting next to where you are on that chart up there, whether you're number one or number two, or if you're the person that has the word last written across them. Yeah, maybe this is happy memories for some and not so happy for others. And I'm sorry if I'm bringing up and tearing open old wounds. But we know, don't we? We know the joy of being picked right? Of not being the person who is the afterthought of, of someone saying, I want you on my team. But we know the other side of that too, don't we? Maybe it's something that happened with school where you are no longer the person that's at the top of the heap. Maybe, maybe it's a job that you tried to get or an internship that you were turned away from. Maybe you were turned away from a relationship as you wanted to be together with someone else and they didn't have the same level of interest. We, we know that feeling, don't we, of being unwanted, of being rejected, of, of being second place or, or maybe even worse. And that's what makes God's words to you and me so special tonight is that he lets you and me know that, that he's picked us, that he wants us, that we belong to him. Listen to these words from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 to 10. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I want to take you back just a little bit to why Peter is writing these words, the audience to whom he wrote them. He wrote to these words to people who were scattered throughout the Roman Empire and were facing some serious troubles. They were being persecuted for their faith. As a matter of fact, as you read through 1 Peter, it becomes pretty apparent that they were being asked to disown their Savior. They were asked to renounce their faith. And that persecution that was happening, the troubles that they were facing, had to have those people wondering, does God really love me? Does he still love me? Even all these bad things are happening? How is that even possible? And I think we know that in our own lives, don't we? That our circumstances can sometimes dictate how we think God feels about us. If life is going great, maybe we can think, oh, well, God must be happy with everything in my life. And, and then when things aren't quite so good, maybe we wonder that same thing. Where's God? Does, does he really still care? And these words from Peter were meant to be a tremendous assurance for the people to whom he wrote them, but, but they serve as a tremendous assurance for us as well. A reminder of the status that we have before God. The fact that we are God's own people, people who have now received mercy in our God. 
Peter chooses four phrases to share with us, four phrases that have very special meaning in this choosing that God has done of you and me. He starts by calling us a chosen people. Maybe it takes your mind back to the Old Testament times when, when God picked the nation of Israel out of all other nations to be his very own, to be the nation from whom the Savior of the world would come. But through faith in Jesus, you are that same chosen people. It's as if God handpicked you from eternity to say, you are going to belong to me. What an amazing blessing. But Peter's not done. The next phrase he tells us is that we are a royal priesthood. That idea of royalty, that, that we are sons and daughters of the king. And as part of the priesthood, we didn't have to be descendants of Levi and from the family of Aaron. No, we have the right and the privilege without a mediator to go directly to our God in prayer, to ask him anything and know that he is going to hear and answer us. Then Peter tells us that we are a holy nation. We are part of the communion of saints, the holy Christian church, that group of believers of all time that are part of God's family and heirs of eternal life. And then if I had to pick a favorite out of the four, my favorite is the last one. Peter says that we are God's special possession. I'm not sure what comes to mind in your life when you think of your special possession, what one thing you cherish more than anything else. But that's what God says about you, that you are the thing that he cherishes, his special possession. And what's amazing is that's what God has done. He has changed us by sending Jesus to take our place. He has changed us by planting faith in our hearts. And that status that we have before God, holy, royal, chosen, a special possession, that status remains unchanged by the circumstances in our lives. You see, there's not a thing that can happen to you in this life that can change what God says about you, that you are chosen, that you're special to him. It's amazing to think about that, isn't it? The amazing love that God has for you and for me. One of the things that makes it so amazing is, is it isn't as if we have given God all kinds of reasons to choose us. We haven't given God reasons to think, yeah, that's the person that I want as a member of my family. We have to admit with King David that we know our transgressions and our sin is always before us. And yet that's where Jesus comes in. Jesus came to this earth and he loved God and all people flawlessly. And then he turns around and he gives that perfection to you and to me. And then Jesus went one step further. He took himself all the way to the cross. And, and on that cross, through the life of Jesus and through his cross, we have a verdict from God, a verdict of not guilty. That's how you can stand before God, holy and blameless. God has picked you. He's chosen you to be his very own. I don't know how many of you get a chance to do this very often, but from time to time, I like to do the grocery shopping in my household. And the produce aisle has always been a bit of a challenge for me. Now, there's certainly some things in the produce aisle that are very easy to see. Yeah, that's one I want to pick. And no, that's one I'll just leave behind. 
But I've taken home my share of mealy peaches or nectarines and other fruit that isn't quite as good as I thought it was going to be. And, and I will tell you the two things that I have the most trouble with, maybe you can relate to this, avocados and melons, right? And sometimes I'll stand in the, in the little aisle where the avocados are and I, I try to pretend like I know what I'm doing. You know, you squeeze them a little bit, you tap them, you try to make sure they're just the right ones. Or I shake the melons, you know, to see if it's, is it the right one. And, and I think, oh yeah, I, I'm going to bring home the right one. And then you do, and it's just not what you expected it to be. I thought about that when I thought about God picking us. Because if we were in the produce aisle, anybody would pass us over. But you see, God didn't pick you because you were flawless. He didn't pick you because you were perfect. He picked you because he made you perfect in Jesus. Because he made you flawless by what Christ has done in your place. And then Peter answers the why. Why this all happened. Why God chose us. Why we want to stand out. He simply says this, to declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That's a pretty neat phrase actually in the Greek language, that idea of declaring his praises. It could be translated to give a good report. That's really what God asks us to do, to give a good report about him, about his grace and what it means to us. And that's not a difficult thing to do, is it? When we think of the status that God has given us before him, the fact that he has called us, that he's made us his own children and heirs of eternal life, that's a pretty easy thing to talk about. It's pretty easy to tell people about the joy that is ours through that. God brought us from being on his bad side to being on his good side. He called us out of darkness, Peter says, into his wonderful light. So thankful that you're here tonight. I know I've talked about this before, but maybe not yet this year. I don't know that you can understand what joy it gives me to see all of you here on a Wednesday night. I know you have other things that you could be doing. But what it tells me is that you belong to Jesus. You belong to your Savior. You care about your faith. You want to grow in that faith and hold on to the blessings that God has given you. And because you know Jesus as Savior, because you know what Christ has done for you, you know also how needed that message is in a world that is so empty of love, so empty of understanding that we belong to something greater than anything that this world has to offer. And so Peter's encouragement to you and to me tonight is to live it. To declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light is to live with honesty and integrity, with kindness and joy, with love for other people and selflessness in the way that we live. Because when we do those things, that's when other people take notice. Here's how Jesus talked about it in his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. He said this, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a light, light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. It's 
when we are the salt and light in this life. Those who strive to preserve the truths of God's word and the good news of the gospel and then let our light shine that others can see what Jesus means to us. And then we stand out as God's people in this world. Two quick takeaways for you this evening. Number one, we are special. Maybe I should say you are special. We're all special because God has chosen us. He's redeemed us and he calls us his own. We are all children of God, Paul wrote in Galatians, through faith in Christ Jesus. And then secondly, we have a special message. We live to let others see how great our Savior is because we know that they need what we have and we want them to have that same joy and peace and comfort as we declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. That phrase, declare his praises, I said it, it could be translated that we're supposed to give a good report about God. Maybe we could say it this way too, to put in a good word. To put in a good word for God. And you know how this works, right? Maybe you've been to a really fancy restaurant, you know, one of those five-star restaurants, or maybe you want to go to that restaurant. And so you read the reviews and it, and it sounds pretty good and you're probably still going to go check it out. But then, then you have a friend, someone you know who's been there and tells you, yes, it's worth it. Maybe they even bring you a little sample of something to eat and you realize that you can't wait to experience that great restaurant. That's somebody putting in a good word. And that's what God asks us to do as we live our lives in this world, to be a shining example, a light that shines in the darkness of this world, to put in a good word for him. And again, we've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. We know God's grace. And as we live for him, others will take notice. And then we can point them to our Savior Jesus. Yes, Stand out in this world. Let's strive to do that because each one of us is chosen by God. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessings that you shower on us every single day. Most of all, we marvel once again tonight, Lord, that, that we can be called your chosen people. We are your special possession, people that you have redeemed from sin, restored and forgiven. We thank you for the joy that you have set before us in this life, knowing that, that we have a place with you forever as the status of your own children. And we pray that you guide and lead us there. Bless us as we live in this world. Let the circumstances of our life not dictate how we stand before you, but instead constantly remind us of your love. We pray for the students tonight. Continue to strengthen them as the semester wears on and the things that, that they need to accomplish keep piling up. We know, Lord, that you will strengthen them, that you will stand by their side, that you will give them everything that they need to accomplish those tasks. Continue to strengthen them and guide them. Bless all of us, Lord, as you lead us to the joy of heaven with you forever. We ask all of these things in our Savior Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen.